Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Wally and Mathot Show Live. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wally and Mathot Show Live, presented by BEI Bonisher Excavating Inc., helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. I'm Brent Wallace, joined by Mark Mathot. And, Meth, I was curious. I didn't know if you were going to be able to get off the couch, if you're going to be suffocated in all those pillows. Oh, you saw that Instagram post. <laughs> my my wife has this thing, Wally, and it's the same with our inner master bedroom on the bed. Uh, I counted it a couple weeks ago, and I think we have about 15 throw pillows, not including the ones you sleep with, covering the bed. And every night I'm the one that's having to take them off and strip it. It's it's crazy. So I don't know what to do here. I'm, I'm, I'm open for advice here. If anybody has any ideas for me, please uh, reach out to me on Twitter and let me know. Yeah, look at that. That's embarrassing. I mean, you can't, and every night, you know, like we, we, we don't really, you guys know, like people out there who are parents know you don't really ever sit on your couches during the day. Cause you're so busy with your kids. But after dinner, that's when we usually lay down and I have to like throw them all off the couch. She gets mad at me when I do that. And I'm like, I don't know where to put them. I don't know. Like, you know, so that's what I'm dealing with. That's actually a very, that's a forgiving picture right there. Like it's, it's typically, it looks bulkier and worse than that. And there's even less room. So anyway, I, I don't want to talk about my couches and pillows all day here, but this is the problem I'm dealing with at the moment. I don't know what you're complaining about. There's clearly one spot there at the, in the middle <laughs> yeah, of the couch. Okay. Okay. But let me say this, that is a, a restoration hardware couch. That's like four feet deep. Like it's, it's a huge couch and so that awesome. put that into you know into context here. That's how that's how little room I actually have on that yeah. thing. Anyway, it's yeah. She's no, she I've, just keeps buying more. Like, she, yeah, you could have a farm of animals on that couch. It's so big. So <laughs> I, I I enjoy that. This is making oh, me laugh more, man. And more all the time. Anyway, yeah, I'm glad you yeah, survived anyway. uh, the couch and are here to join us. Also coming up shortly, yeah. uh, Ian Mendes is going to join us and. A lot to talk about, including all the COVID protocol the Sens are going through. In fact, it's messed up our entire show a bit that we were going to have on someone who's now on a plane headed to Boston who wasn't originally planned or scheduled. So uh, we will talk about that shortly. But I do want to say, uh, A, the chat is open. We encourage you to hop in there and uh, ask any questions you want. We'll see what we get to. Uh, Craig is always monitoring it. He will pipe in occasionally, uh, tell us what we need to talk about. And the other thing is, uh, there's a contest coming up from our good friends at Whitewater. We all know Whitewater Beer, a fantastic brew by friends, for friends. Shop whitewater.ca. Well, here's a new contest they have that's definitely going to interest our audience. So they're the official beer, by the way, if you didn't know, the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, and they want to treat you to one of the most revered hockey events of the season, the Hockey Hall of Fame induction celebration. So here you go. Enter to win to see some incredible players and contributors to the game Get inducted. That's Marion Hosa, former Ottawa Senator, obviously. Jerome McGinley, Kim St. Pierre, Doug Wilson, former Ottawa 67. Kevin Lowe and Ken Holland become honored as the Hall's new legends. Prize, two tickets to the Hockey Hall of Fame induction celebration, two Hockey Hall of Fame museum tickets, a one-night stay at One King West. Just go to uh, whitewaterbeer.ca slash 
HHOF-giveaway uh, to enter. Uh, good luck to all. That's a fantastic prize presented mm. by Whitewater Brewery. Uh, by the way, try a farmer's daughter if you haven't already. I strongly encourage it. Uh, now, mm -hmm. uh, Ian Mendes is, by the way, back from his trip that he took on a little sojourn up to North Dakota, plus a couple of sense games. We're going to get to him about that. Uh, lots to talk about. So, Matt, without further ado, let's bring in our good man on the road uh, who's back home, I should say. Ian Mendez, lost to chat with, my friend. How are you today? Oh, doing great, guys. Doing great. And uh, this is now my record-setting, what, fourth appearance on the Wally and the Thought uh, <laughs> podcast? Yeah. We will we'll get around to paying you at some point. I just don't know how. Yeah. Some of the white water beer um, will be uh, just fine. Yeah, we can do that. I, that can be arranged. Uh, yeah. By the way, how was your – we'll get to your trip after, but uh, it was all good just to get on the road for a little bit of a change of scenery? Yes and no. And I think the, the fact that this COVID story has kind of come out with the senators, it really underscores the, the difficulty in traveling, if that makes sense right now. Like, I got to tell you guys – it was not easy. In fact, I, I'm I was really high strung a little bit about this trip because uh, I didn't. This is my first time. I kept texting uh, the guy who was on your show last week, Kyle Bukowskis, because Kyle has been over the border multiple times, and I was texting Kyle I'm like, okay, so I need to do this. Yeah, okay. Now when I'm on this side, I need to do this, and it's not relaxing right now to travel. And then you got to no. you get stuck with a two hundred. And and Meth, you went where you went to Vegas, right? And yep. It's not easy right now to travel. Like they don't want people traveling. They've they've kind of discouraged it, and and I can understand why. And I got to tell you, in North Dakota, I did not see a single mask on anybody. Um, you know, in groceries, I, I I had to go to the pharmacy to to get my COVID test. No, I was the only guy wearing a mask in there. Uh, you know, so you you understand the differences between what's going on in some pockets of the United States and what's going on uh, kind of up here. And that's one of the things about this uh, COVID protocol uh, with the Sens right now is that they were really concerned going through Dallas, Chicago, Minnesota as a hot spots around the U.S. And now it appears that I think they were justified in their concerns because now there are five guys, uh, four coach or four players and a coach that are in COVID protocol: uh, Gambrell, Watson, Connor Brown, Nick Holden, and Jack Campuano, the coach. Like that's. It's got to be concerning as a not only just that they're trying to play hockey games, but just trying to stay healthy, trying not to affect everybody, and just trying to navigate actual life at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's really interesting in all of this is you got to remember all of those guys would have had to have had a just like me. So I I flew home on Saturday. I had to present a negative COVID test with the PCR testing to allow myself back into Canada. All of those players and all the staff with Ottawa would have had to do the same thing. So it it makes you realize that this is not uh, a perfect system by any means. And that, what I'm saying no. is there is clearly the opportunity for you. And again, but we don't know. Like, who knows? Maybe they got sick when they got back. We don't know. Like, So speculation sure. is a fool's game when it comes to this. But it just shows you that you can still go over and test negative, come back, and then a few days later – you've tested positive or have an inconclusive test. Yeah, it, I mean, it's concerning. And I, I don't obviously it's tough for the Sens to have to go through this. But now, the, right, everybody's on pins and needles around the room trying to make sure everybody stays healthy. Like, that's just a, a message. Or a, I guess it just seems like a bit of a disaster at the moment trying to everybody to stay healthy for that team. So, uh, which leads to everything that's going on right now as they get set to take it, head into Boston. You've got Igor Sokolov getting called up. Scott Sabrin's now called up. Eric Brandstrom. There's a lot of news surrounding how this lineup is going to look tomorrow. We are excited to see Igor Sokolov make his NHL debut. Obviously a huge fan and a friend of the show. I'm hoping he takes the warm-up wearing a Wally Mathot sweatshirt. I don't know that's going to happen. Uh, uh, part, you know, like Scott Sabrin. So we here's the lineup we've just kind of thrown together. I don't know if Parker Kelly stays there or Scott Sabrin plays. I'm assuming he plays fourth line right wing. Does Logan Shaw move around with Kelly? I don't know. And Eric Brandstrom, where he plays on defense, I don't know either. But let's start, shall we say. Um, let's call this help wanted. Before all this, we thought it was just going to be Nick Holden out and Eric Brandstrom come in. And everybody's excited to see now Eric Brandstrom getting recalled. 63 NHL games, two goals, 15 assists, 17 points. Uh, let's start with you, Ian, about seeing now Eric Brandstrom getting his chance and a shot to make a difference. Remember at the end of training camp, 
DJ Smith, in my opinion, gave Eric Brandstrom his most ringing endorsement when he said, we have eight NHL defensemen on this team. Like that, to me, that was the first time he really unequivocally gave a vote of confidence and said, this guy's an NHL defenseman. I think we can all look at it and agree. He was sent down because he was the victim of the numbers game. He's the easiest guy to send down because the waiver stopped. Well, now here's your opportunity. And I think Eric was a little bit frustrated. I think he was, and and that's okay. I think you want to see some level of frustration from uh, from a player who gets sent down, right? You don't want to see them sent down and be like, oh, okay. Like you want to see some fire. Like, and I know he switched his agent and I know, but I think now is his opportunity. And and it's, um, sometimes you can't script your opportunity and, and you'd like to think that the opportunity would have arisen because of poor play at the NHL level, coupled with great play at the AHL level from him, and he forced his way down. That's not what happened here. He's up because of a COVID uh, uh, situation with Nick Holden, but who cares how you get your opportunity? And now he's going to get his chance on Tuesday night. And if you're Bruce Cassidy in Boston, you're going to know that you're going to get the last change and you're going to try to put that perfection line out there as much as you can against uh, some of these deep pairings. So this is a great challenge. And I, I want to see the kid mm. thrive. I want it, He's a really likable young man. Uh, I want to see him thrive. And I hope it's not just a one-game cup of coffee. I hope it's a week or two that we get to see what he can do at the NHL level. Yeah, and and to add to that point, Ian, and, and, and while you might know this too, does this mean now that all those guys are put in a COVID protocol – does that mean they automatically have to sit out for like ten days? Is that what that is, or? Uh, no, I, I can I can try to answer that a little bit just based on what DJ Smith told us today. DJ said, okay. at least in the case in at least in the case of um, uh, Connor Brown and Dylan Gambrell, those two players yeah. didn't necessarily have a positive test. It might have just been inconclusive. So he didn't rule them out for Thursday at home against LA. He oh, just said they I wouldn't see. play. But Holden and Watson, I think, might be in a little bit of a different situation. Okay, so they can technically hang uh, on a branch from right now for at least the next foreseeable future, right? Like, they, they have that excuse to hold them up top, being that Holden is currently out. Exactly. That's that's my yeah, view yeah, okay. of the situation. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see if that they let Eric Branstrom play at home. And the reason is, like, if you go back to the end of last season, I know the team played well and it played without any kind of pressure and all that stuff. But down the stretch, uh, the Sens were 10-3-1 with him in the lineup in the last 14 games. In the last five games he played, he averaged 22 minutes a night. He had four assists. So we've seen Eric Brandstrom succeed. And I and I know he went into camp and he wasn't one of the best defensemen. And I know that we just heard Troy... Troy Mann and Belleville say he's not up to playing where they want him to be right now and that he's struggling a bit in the AHL. So what kind of Eric Brandstrom do we get to see in the NHL level? And is the pressure on him going to be significant? Matthew, you know when you get called up that there's a lot of eyes on you watching every mistake you make. Yeah, and but and we t- I touched on this a little bit earlier when I was posting some comment on Twitter. When you have an opportunity to call, get called up, Oftentimes, it's not because of great play. It's because of an injury up top. Like and when you're a player and you're down in the American League and you're grinding, you're waiting for somebody to essentially get hurt. That's just how this is. When you're a player down there, you hope somebody's going to get injured so you can come up and play. I know that sounds awful, but this is your life at stake and it's your livelihood and it's money and it's opportunity. You're waiting for somebody. And so you want to make sure that you're on your game every night because you never know who's watching the games. If one of the Ottawa assistant general managers is in the stands, whatever it may be. So right now that's not really working in his favor, but he hits an opportunity anyway. So it's his time to run with it. I mean, the team is struggling so much that I don't know that he'll ever have a better opportunity than now. So whether he's been playing well or poorly, it doesn't matter at this point for him, right? He's going to come up and he's got to he's got to be strong right from the get-go. I'd like to see him paired. With a player like Artem Zub, I mean, it's wishful thinking. I don't know if it's going to happen because we had him slotted there, I think, on that third pairing, right? When we look at the list with Brown. Yeah. I'd like to Just see. Threw it I'd in like there. to. I know. Right, right, right. No, and that's fair. Yeah. I'd like to see Mete slide down on that third pairing with Brown, play the minimal minutes, you know, maybe around that 10 to 12 minute mark or whatever. Throw Branstrom in, throw him into the fire. At this point, you're losing all these games. You're allowing five goals a game in the last four. Just throw him yeah. in there. It doesn't matter if it's on the road. It's in Boston. Get him in there. Play him with a stabilizer, a good player like Artem Zub right now, and give him the best opportunity to look at. This, for me, is the best chance for everybody. To, it just puts all this to bed. He's either an NHL player or he's not. And I know 
you could make an argument he's still very young, and I understand that. But I think at the end of the day, just see what he can do. And if he can hold his own with Artem Zub, then at least it's got to be an upgrade compared to what we've had so far. I mean, let's face it, that those bottom two pairings have been just horrendous. I'll just flat out say it. And so you throw him in there, his confidence should be through the roof knowing that, listen, if you're Eric Branstrom and you're thinking and you're looking at this lineup, you know the team's been playing very poorly. The whole pressure thing is working in his favor. So he doesn't have to go in there and re reinvent the wheel. He just needs to play a solid all-around game. And when I say that, I mean make simple plays. Make the nice breakout passes. Focus on puck possession. Focus on when you do receive a pass, make a good outlet with it. Take your time. Don't force pucks up the wall. Don't cough it up. Just make good plays. I know he's going to make mistakes defensively. We all know that. He's not a very big imposing player. There are times he's going to get a muscle. That's fine. That's okay. If you're playing with a stabilizer like Zub, I feel like that'll help him out a lot. It'll give him that support. Mentally, it'll be good for him. And then it'll put all this debate about Eric Branson to bed. And I'm hoping, I'm like Ian, I'm in the camp that I hope this works out well for him. I'm cheering him on. So we'll have to wait and see. Okay. Uh, is this team, I don't know how to word this properly. <laughs> Can they be that bad for two straight defensive years? And when I say that, like, are these bottom four guys that bad? Or is this a structural foundational issue with the Ottawa Senators and the coaching staffs and how they prepare this team to play defense? Ooh, that's the, the million dollar question, right? <laughs> it, it, it's one of, it's yeah, one it really of two is. things, right? It's either a roster construction issue or it's a yeah. tactical issue. I think if you ask most people, they would say it's a roster construction issue, right? Like, I think if you yeah. if you look around the league, like, I think this team would have looked a lot different with a, with a Ryan Graves or somebody else in, in the top four. We're having a different conversation here. But now you're asking some, some people who uh, probably shouldn't be playing 19 minutes a night to play 19 minutes a night. And so I'm a believer that I think that, and I'm sure we'll get to, to my watching Jake Sanderson here. Um, I think at some point yes, we this is going to be fixed. It's going to be fixed. Like, But the problem I think that a lot of fans have is they've watched a lot of mistakes being made by guys who really aren't going to be here when this is going to be yeah. a playoff contender, right? I think everybody's willing to live with mistakes, and you'd be willing to live with if, if Brandstrom's serving up some pizzas, okay, let's let them grow and learn. But when guys who yeah. you know – 18 months from now aren't going to be here and they're the ones making the mistakes. There's not a, there's not much of a palette for that in this marketplace. This is a very intelligent and patient fan base. They just want to see the young guys. Like everyone is just screaming for the young guys to play. And I think that's exactly what Eric Branstrom is. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So Mathen, you explain this to me. If we say the rebuild is over, which they should never have come out and publicly say, because it just adds to a whole lot of, people just jumping on it and I'm included in one of them because sure. I think it's a, it was a silly mistake to make. Then do we play all the young kids and say, well, let's forget about the mistakes. The whole point was that we didn't need to play all the young kids and play mistakes and have mistakes because the rebuild is over and they've constructed a team that's now going to push for a playoff spot. That's not ever even close to happening right now. Yeah, well, and and I guess to Ian's point, because I'm agreeing with him on this one for sure, I, I think – I think ultimately it just comes down to what Ian just said. What do you want to watch out there? And what is the expectation level of the group, right? So as a as a management or, a, you know, internally in the organization, what are you expecting of this group? I think the truth, the transparent truth to all this is that you just want them to be in contention for most of the year, right? You don't, you don't want them to be clear cut out of it by Christmas because you want to keep the fan base engaged. These, these are conversations that typically you won't hear from management openly in public when they're talking to the media because, you know, it doesn't always sound genuine and, and it, it, it's it's kind of yeah. vague. But you don't want this team, like, come, come Christmas time or the Olympic break, whenever it is, you want to make sure that your team is still technically in the mix so that there's still a lot of engagement with the fan base so that you're still filling the building with as many fans as you can. And if you lose all that interest because you're just – playing brutal every other night because of a lot of vets that are in the lineup that maybe shouldn't be there right now or some glaring holes back there on the back end, that's going to frustrate people. And people are going to start to just lose interest in watching the games or at least paying to go see them play, right? So people people value their hard-earned money. And when you're paying a hundred and whatever amount of dollars per ticket to go watch a professional hockey team, whether they're still in a rebuild or not, you still want to see them be competitive, 
right? So yes. that's why I like yes. I understand that they don't necessarily need to go get some rental top four defenseman. They're not going to win the Stanley Cup this year. I know that. But you also wanted the te- you also want the team to take a step forward this year. You know, you don't want to take another step back where you're at the bottom of the basement going into the offseason going like, geez, like what did we really gain from this year? And then you're losing season ticket holders. You're losing you're losing yep. money. So, you know, winning is winning is is money. And and so you know, uh, it's, I don't really, I can't really communicate what I'm trying to say as eloquent as most people can. I'm not a writer like you guys or anything, but <laughs> ultimately what I'm trying to get across is I still think they need to go after somebody and, and I'm sick of them going after the 30 year olds that can barely keep up. Like maybe you have to give up a little bit here, but there are players around the NHL in their twenties that still have a little juice in the tank that are going to be serious upgrades from what is what what is back there right now. Go after a guy that has two years left on his deal that's struggling this year, but you know can still at least skate well and you can integrate him into the lineup and he won't be a complete liability every night. So easier said than done. I understand that. But I guess the the big point I'm trying to make is you want a competitive team. You got to know what your expectation level is. I still think you go after a guy, stabilize that back end, maybe keep Branstrom up. We'll see how he does and things will be okay. But you got to keep the fans interested. That's, that's, That's the main goal here. Man, that's <laughs> well. You know what's what's that's a mouthful. What what a great what a great question, Mendez. Um, I I got I, I got to tell you, chime in? I yeah, I, I think what's really I think upsetting if you're an Ottawa fan, and this is a legitimate question: Have the Detroit Red Wings passed Ottawa in the rebuild? Oh, like, is Detroit yes. headed on a better path? And that's what's frustrating. Like, you look over there, you're like, how come those guys are 6-5-2 and two or whatever their record is? That's what we thought Ottawa would be, or that's what we were told that they would be. So, And it's early in the season. I'm willing to be super patient, but that's, that's what's yeah. frustrating. I don't want to look at Buffalo. It's a different situation. I look at Detroit, and I say that they, they really bottomed out, and you see some of their kids – coming in and, you know, Lucas Raymond looks good and boy, Moritz Sider looks uh, like he could be a Norris Trophy guy three, four years from now. That's all you want, right? You want to, to, to see some on-ice success and it's being done by the young kids. And so uh, that that to me is what's frustrating as an Ottawa fan. You're okay. Yeah. No Ottawa fan came into this season saying, we're going to be a playoff team. I think all of them said, we're going to come in and take a step forward and 10 games in, it's exactly. really hard for me to sit here and tell you that they've taken a step forward. That's all. Yeah, and, and to that it point, is, it's like, it, does this? Does, sorry, Wally, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I, there's a delay. Nope. I is are we having this conversation if we have a stable goaltender and a reasonably average defense core? Like, is this? You know what I mean? Like, like because we have the forward depth at least up front. Like, look at our top line. You know what I mean? So, for me, it's like the glaring obvious truth here is that the back end is a disaster, and when you're not getting your forwards the puck. Or when you're not keeping the puck out of your own zone, you're just exhausting all your time and energy defending every night. And so, you know, your your offensive production is going to go down significantly, which it has been. You're not going to get the same chances. And the morale goes down too in the group, right? Because it's demoralizing as a player when you're you're a relatively good player on a team, but you know you're probably going to have a tough time winning games because of certain issues that aren't being addressed. So I, I just I guess that's my question is are we having these conversations if there was a more stable back end and goaltending? You know, like, I, I don't know. I guess I know we're not very deep on those bottom two lines up front, but they're still competitive to a degree, but the back end's a mess. I, I keep harping on this because I think that would turn everything around. So why is Gus on the bus back to Belleville? Is that just so they I can want get Ian guys to answer that out of COVID? Pro- I'm, I'm, now I'm hoping that this is a COVID protocol and they need a space on a roster because there's no other way based on the numbers he's put together. The Sens have three wins on the year. He has two of them. He's got a 9-11 save percentage. He's done, I think, what they've been asked of Philip Gustafson. So why is he out of the lineup right now, uh, Mr. Mendez? Ah, boy, you know what? And and, and <laughs> as you say this, I uh, I feel like I dropped the ball today. Like DJ Smith, <clears throat> excuse me, had a had a, uh, a media availability where he took some some questions. That would have been a smart question for me to ask. Uh, can you walk okay. us through the decision to send um, Phil Gustafson down? Because you know what, if you're gonna if you're gonna say that this is a meritocracy and people play based on merit 
and the best players play. It's hard for me to sit here and tell you that Phil Gustafson shouldn't be one of their two goalies, if not the starting goalie. So you, you know what? I, I absolutely unequivocally dropped the ball. Like I, that's a, I don't know why I didn't think of that question or didn't ask that question. You need me there. Uh, so yeah, exactly. So it, 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 if you're like, I, here's how I always, I always view the goaltending position. I'm not so big on who's number one. And because sometimes we put labels on things, the better question yeah. to ask, you got one game to play tonight and your house is on the line, your mortgage is on the line or whatever. Who are you starting? Yep. I'm starting Philip Gustafson tonight if I have yep. my all of my belongings on the line. Now, that answer might change two weeks from now, and it might change four weeks from now. But in the here and the now, for me, amongst those three goalies, it's Philip Gustafson. Yeah, I agree. I, I completely agree. Completely agree. And and I, I'm not sure Matt Murray's been that bad, right? He's been bitten by, obviously, it's not his fault to get kneed in the head by Derek, uh, not Derek Stepan, uh, Chris Kreider. Uh, there's a bit of that stuff going in. And, dealing with being ill but at some point somebody's got to step up here and i'm going to go back to the blue line for one more sec math and that is they've got zero goals from their blue line zero yeah well like that's that's hard for me to like i can't i can't preach goal scoring as you guys both are fully aware of what i was capable of doing and scoring wasn't one of them but i do find it i do find it odd that not one defenseman has a goal like i i i, I won't lie to you I, I'm shocked that Shabby doesn't have a couple by now, at least, right? Like with yeah. all the looks he gets and time, he, the, 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 his ice time alone, he's on the he's on the ice for half the games. And I think he's he's looked really good. Like he's much more well-rounded than he did last year. I'll put it that way. But offensively, I mean, I know uh, Simmer's been harp, but been beating on this topic a little bit lately, and he's been getting a little heat because fans are passionate and. He believes Shabby needs, to, and I agree with him to a, to a degree. I, I, I can't, it's hard to disagree with that. You're making a million. You're an offensive catalyst, def, elite defenseman at the NHL level. You need to you need to put up points, right? So that's just the un, that's the uncomfortable discussion that people need to start having. And I know he's the probably the most valuable player on this team because I can't imagine this team and lineup without him playing. I mean, it would be a disaster. So. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't have the answer for that. I, I think a lot of it is they're playing in their own zone. They're not establishing enough zone time. PK, uh, the power plays, man, uh, I, they've looked good, right? Ian, like you've been watching, and I know you've commented on yeah. on their power play a couple times. Like it, it, they're moving the puck around very well. They're just not getting production from the back end. I, I don't know what the answer is, Wally. I have no idea. <laughs> Keep, Are we all in a pause? Okay, well, let's let's take a break. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> so um, I'm going to move on. So just for the, we're clear here, the Sens rank 30th in uh, goals against average and 26th in save percentage. They just need to figure out a way to play better in their own ends. It's that simple. It's yeah. not all on goaltending, and it, it's not all in the defense either. Like the forwards need to do nope. a better job as well, right? And we saw so. Matt, you would have seen the Connor Brown, Nick Paul conversation they had after I think it was the second goal against Tampa, where they they look like they're snapping at each other, and and it happens in every game. You've always yeah. brought up about you and Eric Carlson. Is there a concern well, that the losing and the goal scoring is now getting to the players? For sure. I mean, you'd you'd be full of shit if you thought otherwise. I mean, as a player, you're so incredibly competitive, especially at this level. And I mentioned this earlier, this is this is what, you know, this is their livelihoods and numbers matter. All that matters. Winning matters. When your teams don't win, they blow up rosters. And if you're like a fringe guy or if you're, you know, finally getting a little success on a team and you, you want to continue that, you don't want it to fall apart because you never know where you'll end up next. And Connor Brown's a very passionate player. He's a great leader on that team. And I love that. I don't like that on the ice. I think there's a, like, as I used to deal with this with Eric a little bit, there were times where he'd start yelling at me on the ice a little bit if I wasn't getting him the puck or maybe on any given play, I didn't go over to him right away. And I, I, I tell him on the bench, like, dude, I'm going to strangle you if you do that again on the ice. You know, like you can't <laughs> yell at me on the ice when there's cameras on us and there's fans everywhere. Like it's, it's not a good look. I don't think that was a very good look because what happens? TSN focuses, focuses in on it, excuse me. And it becomes a talking point where here we are three pigeons talking mm -hmm. about what Connor Brown did, you know, in last game. And so, sorry, and, and while I don't mean to call you guys pigeons, but so my point is you have to maintain a good attitude, particularly if you're a leader on that team, you cannot be doing that. 
it's it's dramatic it doesn't look good and it, it's contagious among the group right the younger guys see that and they think oh, okay that's okay to do that i'm going to do it next time so and so doesn't get me the puck so um you know i love the chemistry between those two and i think that's also why they're so comfortable and able to kind of get on each other but i'd love it if they did it you know maybe on the bench or in between periods I, I got to ask this question to Meth. What's worse from a player's perspective, uh, a guy chewing out his teammates in front of everybody or a guy who's open and is slamming his sticks and oh, the beaver tail. Yeah, the beaver tail. And Eric did that too. He did that too. Like, you know, to no avail. It got to the point where I wasn't even looking anymore. I'd just throw it across the ice to him. Like, just take it. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, that's... There's nothing there's nothing more disrespectful than hearing that stick slapping on the ice when you have the puck. It's just like, come on, man. Like we're all NHL players here. I know you're open. Like you'll get it if I think you should get the puck. But but yeah, that's a, I'm glad you brought that up, Ian. I, I I'm still I'm feeling like these weird PTSD feelings from like when I used to play with Eric and I'd hear that beaver tail hitting the ice. Yeah. Not good. Wasn't Mike Hoffman one? No, did Hoff do it too? I want to say he did, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he just held his stick up. No, you know the one I'm thinking of, Shane Prince. Do you remember this, Wally? No, he did. Shane Prince. No, I want to say did the old at the NHL level and was like, yeah, yeah, and was like, I'm open. Oh boy, I'm like 99 percent sure it was Shane Prince. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys remember him playing zero NHL. You brought up Hoff. Yeah, I know. I know. I was going to say just very quickly. Do you guys see the Hoffman clip of him? Yeah. 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 Like, and, and and he may not have actually reached uh, whoever it was that was going towards the empty net, but like, it just, it looks so bad on camera, doesn't it? I mean, when you're watching that, the lack of effort and the fans had a field day with him. I feel bad because I like Hoff, but anyway. Yeah. That, yeah. That's yeah. a tough one. Um, I want to move on to Igor Sokolov, who's going to make his – is he expected to make his NHL debut? Uh, this brought to you by SportsInteraction.com. Go to SportsInteraction.com slash Wally Mathot. Uh, get in on all the action. They have Canada's best odds. Uh, and speaking of odds, I want to see, do you guys think if Igor plays, does Igor Sokolov pick up a point against the Boston Bruins tomorrow night? Ooh. First of all, can I ask, was Igor Sokolov scheduled to be a guest on this very show today? <laughs> so here's what happened. <laughs> this is why we never usually mention players coming on the show in case something happens. So um, let's, I can back it up. I don't know if I'm selling him out, but uh, last week I said, Hey, we'd love to have you on the show on Monday. He's like, great. Yeah, no problem. Uh, he was supposed to join me with another Senator player, but that schedule got messed up. So then it was just going to be Igor coming on. I sent out the tweet yesterday saying that you are going to come on and that potentially someone else and he sent me a text. I got practice tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what time are you done? And he's like, uh, I don't know. And I said, well, if you can come on later in the show, would love to have you, whatever works. He's like, okay, I might be able to do that. So, all right. And then this morning, uh, I found out that he got called up and I was like, oh, there goes that. So uh, congrats to Igor. I'm really happy for him to be headed to Boston with the team for a potential NHL debut. It just, I wanted him on the show selfishly and I'm, I feel bad. So yes, Mendez, you were number two. There you go. Yeah. Hey, that's all right. I'm happy to fill in for for Igor Sokolov here. But uh, I, in terms of him getting a point tomorrow, I, it was interesting. I did ask. I, that is one question I did ask DJ Smith today. Was you know what what are your realistic expectations for Sokolov in Boston? And, and I thought it was interesting. The one thing DJ said is he felt he ran out of gas at the end of the training camp, but he likes his upside. Just felt that maybe he wasn't uh, you know where he needed to be. And I like the fact that DJ said, look, I don't know. He might be here for a game, might be three games or four games. And he made the comparison to Drake Batherson and said, remember when Drake first came in the league, he got a couple of little games and snippets here and there, needed to go back. So that's their feeling here on Sokolov. He'll come up, he'll play, let's say he plays three games here, four games, 
to the end of the week. I think they yeah. got Calgary on Sunday. And they'll send them back down and maybe kind of call them up on an as-needed basis. And I think they just want to see some tangible growth in him. But right now, this team's yeah. having a hard time, I think, scoring five on five. They're not going to have Connor Brown, who obviously scored a really nice goal on the weekend too. So he's going to probably get some looks. Like I, If you're calling Igor Sokolov up, I'd like to think he slides into a top six or a top nine role. You don't want to see him Agreed. buried on the fourth line getting eight minutes on uh, on uh, Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to I that think he's going to be flying. Like his, yeah, I, I agree with both of you. I sent him a text this morning just kind of sort of congratulating him because I saw him the other night during the game. He came right up to me on the set. And like just in his tracksuit, like around a bunch of fans. I don't think I don't think people recognized him, but he was talking to me. And I so I sent him a message this morning and I told him my issue when I was in his position as a younger player was I always had way too much respect for some of the opponents. Like I, I don't know that I was starstruck as a call-up sometimes, but you know what it's like as a young player, you come in and you know, you see Nicholas Lidstrom across, like Detroit was in Columbus's division, yeah. and I'd see some of the Detroit players, and you know, you're kind of like, oh my God, like and you get lost in the moment a little bit and you lose a little bit of focus and you're, you're playing a little more hesitant. So I told him like, don't respect any of your opponents. Like, I'm like, you know, you belong here. That's why you're being called up. Make sure you play your game. And I, I always want to tell call-ups like, like that's, that's the main focus they should be thinking about because though these guys that are at the NHL level aren't necessarily more skilled or faster or stronger. They're just mentally maybe a little further ahead. They might be a little more confident, whatever it is. So I think when you see a lot of these young guys up, and this is kind of touching on what we're talking about with Brandstrom and some of the other guys that might be drawing in tomorrow night, make sure you just go in there and play the way you can. Like stick to your game. Don't don't respect Marshawn or any of those guys too much. You know what I mean? Like they've made a living doing that kind of stuff. But if you're a call-up, Know you belong there, play your game, and the rest will sort itself out. And that's usually that growth, the difference between an NHL guy and an American leaguer. And what a great opportunity for some of these players. I know and it's 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 in it's you know coming off having COVID with some of the regulars, which is not a circumstance you want, but this is their opportunity. They gotta seize it. And here's what I think you brought up about respecting players. He skates in the summer with Crosby and McKinnon and Brad Marchand, who he'll see in the lineup. I'm hoping or wondering if that will help to settle him down a bit, knowing he's gone up against these guys and he can battle so. Marchand in the corner or whatever, right? But when you see, you know, that line, the perfection line coming down the ice, you're like, oh, my Lord, like what's Patrice Bergeron going to do now? And so that well, becomes a little yeah. disconcerting, I'm sure. And that's and that's going to be – and that's going to be – what a great test. I mean, it could be scary, but what a great test that will be yeah. for the decor. You know what I mean? Like I love that. I love <laughs> that we're going to be able to see them now – where they won't be able to be sheltered by the coaching staff on the last on the on having your first home change, right? Like they're going to be out there, they're going to be thrown into the fire, and it's like, all right, who's willing to step up and play well here? And and these are the games where you can really you know separate the established players from the guys that perhaps don't belong at the NHL level. I don't think DJ Smith feels the same way about the challenge. I don't think he's looking forward yeah. to it the same way you think they are. <laughs> You're like, no. Um, quickly, we'll just bring up uh, Brady Kachuk being named captain, the 10th captain uh, for Ottawa Senators in Ottawa Senators history. I love the picture with him, with Alfie and Matthew uh, that would have been at the All-Star game. Um, this was an obvious choice to make. Is there anything that should be, I guess, surprised by it or anything surrounding it that's out of the norm here, other than the fact it happened in the middle of November because they, the owner wanted to fly in to meet him personally? Um, you know what? I think, first of all, can we talk about how there's a photo of Matthew and Brady Kachuk as kids for like every situation? Like, literally, <laughs> yes. like, like, yes. these guys yeah. Are, like yeah. everything, like, like, yeah. oh, here's them with Barack Obama. It's like, what the, like, what is going on here? Like, these guys <laughs> yeah. are with, yeah. with everybody. Like, so we, you I, know what look, we should do? <laughs> we should Photoshop every, like, here they are with the, George Washington at the inauguration or right. something ridiculous. Like there should be photos, Photoshop for everything for them. Yeah, I, I went Barack Obama thinking that might be a little bit more relevant time-wise, but George Washington works. I know no. what you're No, uh, see, I think you go back in history. Here he is with Martin Luther King or right, Muhammad Ali. That's what I think you should do. Yeah. Listen, Gatineau anyway, Gray so will do something. Oh yeah, Gatineau Greg has been outstanding working uh, with with uh, with your show. That's us been great. Um Real quick on that, I, I think 
I love the idea. I think he's the natural leader. The only thing, and I like how DJ Smith addressed this too, and he said that Thomas Shabbat, I'm going to view him as a co-captain. That was my only concern on this. Would you have the conversation? Because I think you owed that to Thomas Shabbat. You owed him the conversation to say, this is how the process played out. This is why we went with Brady. But this is how you were this close to being our captain. And as long as you sold that to Thomas Shabbat, then I got no problems. If you didn't, and it sounds like they had the conversation with him, and that, so I think it's fine. And I think it's, to me, it was the right choice. It wasn't the only choice because I would have been fine with Thomas Shabbat as the captain too. But it was the right choice. Yeah. And as long as you had that convo with with seventy number seventy two, then we're all good. And it sounds to me like they did. I don't know that they had to have it with him. I think he understood as soon as they came out and said, "Hey, the, Wally," they had to have a bridge. It, listen, when they came out and said. We're not going to give it to someone on a bridge deal, whatever. It was implied that it was for Brady Kachuk. And as long as he signed a long-term True. deal, it was going to Brady Kachuk. That's all I'm saying. So I don't think that he slighted. I think he just knew that it was going to number seven regardless. Would they have a conversation? Absolutely. But I don't think it's really going to sit and bother him that number seven's wearing the C uh, if they didn't tell him. Look what they did yeah, to I Chris agree. Phillips. I... Let's go back to the yeah. Chris Phillips day when they paraded Chris Phillips and Chris Neal up to – Gate three, and they print, and they announced Jason Spets as the captain, and they made. And I don't even know that they told Philly, but you can see the disappointment in Chris Phillips's face that he's now presenting a jersey to Jason Spets when he wants to be the captain. And I think he rightfully, yeah. maybe should. Well, been. we don't know. We don't know that Philly was not comfortable. Like you know, it's Philly. Philly's such a quiet guy and standoffish guy. He doesn't like the limelight, so maybe that was just discomfort being kind of put on the spot. I, I I just I don't want to assume that he did not you know that he wasn't happy about it because I don't think that's very fair. I, oh, right. I I'm I'm a hundred percent sure he wasn't happy about it. The only thing is I was told at the time they weren't going to give it to a guy on a one year deal, which is what Philly was at the time, and Jason oh, Spezza had yeah. I think a couple years left. Right. I do remember so that. I, that became I yeah, think I do the big that. issue. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and I think anyway. just I just uh, wanted to make one more one more point with regards to the Thomas yeah. Shabbat thing. I think, you know, we can act like, well, they don't need to tell him, but we're talking about the problem, like I mentioned earlier, the most valuable player on this team, and players have egos. Like, whether you like to admit it or not, I mean, you know, he's, you can't just, over, that's not an oversight. You can't just pretend like Thomas doesn't exist, or okay, we're just going to put all the focus on Brady. We're not going to let Thomas Shabbat know. Like, they have to have that uncomfortable conversation with him, right? Like, do you not? Like, you're, the, you're a star player, a potential Olympic player, you have to have you have to respect that. Sure, I I just no? don't think that for Thomas Shabbat, who we know pretty well, is is not. I, I just don't think he's sitting back, either pouting about it or giving it a whole lot of second thought. I just think he knew. I think I think it, it would be at the back of his head. Uh, I think it would bug him a little bit. I I I know that him and Brady okay. are super close, but I I don't know. I I don't know that he would just brush it off like it was nothing. But anyway, I guess that's debatable. We don't I really wish they know would... what they're thinking unless we ask them. Yeah. I wish they would have held it for a better, bigger moment, whether it was a week off or whether there was just something else rather than you're in the midst of a losing streak, you're giving up too many goals. That's and why. now let's do That's it the why. day before. Right. I understand. They <laughs> did a it on Friday after that because for sure. Now there's no chat about why are you giving up so many goals. I get it. I, I just, I'm disappointed yeah. in how they did it. I thought they should have done a better job yeah. of making it a bigger deal. This is a team that right now needs a whole lot of positive news. Um, Quickly before we uh, switch topics, uh, do we have? I, if you guys didn't see it, which I know you guys did, but I want to play the Brady Kachuk being named captain as Gatno Greg and Craig uh, saw it. So uh, if the video is available, Alex, can you roll it in? Who needs audio? Um, I, I will say people got mad 
that we use two different they use two different star treks like the right like this is a joke people this isn't this isn't real this is so let's not get too hung up on using two different star trek uh episodes are we okay with that yeah, yeah. i don't know anything about star quiet. trek so yeah i don't know anything about star trek so you could have okay. told me it was the original or the next generation or whatever i don't know no idea yeah, the same. Yeah, why? And I don't know why people got so serious. Okay, uh, one thing before we let you go, Mendez, uh, we told you a half hour. I do this to you every time. Uh, it's a yeah, longer. seriously, I uh, I got a kid to pick up at school now that's going to be standing outside, and it's only fourteen degrees and sunny. So, you, you didn't say anything. So, um, well, I'll make this quick, and that is we yeah. we we got an event coming up, and that's uh, we I do don't feel like I you thought, should I, have I, to do this. But, by, by the way, I thought the whole point of bringing me on was we were going to talk North what Dakota. I saw oh, Jake yeah. Sanderson and North, oh, yeah. Dakota. North Dakota. But yeah. yeah. But anyway, well, maybe I'll do that next Wednesday. I don't have time. Well, no, listen, I'll, I'll shoehorn it in. But while this graphic is up on the screen, okay. uh, Wally and I are doing something for the Royal coming up uh, next Wednesday. So the 17th, if you're a fan of hockey, and we're, we're going to have some fun story. We're going to tell some stories of just our time covering the Senators together on the road, favorite players that we talked to. I think our stories of covering the lockout will be fun. We got some trivia. We'll take and then we'll take some questions from the uh, the audience. So we're doing this next Wednesday, the seventeenth. Twenty dollars. All the money's going to go to the Royal in support of you know Movember and kind of the uh, men's health initiatives that we do in uh, in the month of November. So um, you can see the, uh, the the link is there. The Royal.ca slash All Access. Come out and have some fun, and, and we're hoping to have a, a fun night here. So that's uh, that's happening next week. Yeah, and the ticket does include a free beer. I just want to put that out there for today. Plus, there's you got haircuts there you go. for a year. You got car starters. You got uh, all kinds of prizes. To now, be how does that? So, by the way, how does that work? Haircuts yeah. for a year. Like, does that allow me to go every bald. two weeks for, for a haircut, or do I get twelve? Oh, I haircuts? saw it somewhere. Like, how does that? I think how it's does 12. that Good play question. itself out. Twelve. Well, okay. Okay. Uh, no, that's good. Okay, that you covers keep, a year. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's twelve, but I can't remember. So um, okay. I was just curious how haircuts for a year work. One for a month <laughs> for twelve months. There you go. There you go. Uh, finally, can we? Okay, quickly, can you tell me how yes. Jake Sanderson looked? And can we preface this by saying that he's not the second coming of the greatest defenseman to ever play? Like, there's so much pressure. I feel like that's being placed on Jake Sanderson before he even plays a professional hockey game that he is. If he doesn't play out of this world, everybody's going to be down on him. Yeah, but you know what, though? I thought it was really interesting, and I got a lot of time with him and with Tyler Clevin. Like, Jake was really unaware of all the stuff swirling around in Ottawa. I was like, hey, like, you realize how excited people are for you to come? And he was like, oh, wow, really? And it, it, it was like, he was like, oh, shucks, <laughs> that's cool. Like, guys, I but I can't stress this enough. Watching him, and I, I, I rarely watch hockey games – as like with like a scouting, like, you know how like the, the simmers of the world or even meth probably when you're doing broadcast, like you're, you're watching things from like a, a scouting perspective. I don't do that very often, yeah. but I did. And all I did was focus on Jake Sanderson and Tyler Clevin. I got to tell you, Jake Sanderson's the real deal. Like, I, and I'm saying yeah. this, like it is something else to watch this guy. And he didn't even have any points when I watched him play. So smart, so smooth, so skilled. Like you're going to love him. You're going to love him. And he told me his plan is to come here at the end of the year. That's the plan. Uh, so, look, it's it's going to be one of those patient things with him. He's going to need a partner to play on the right side. Is that Zub? Is that JBD? Is it, who? I don't know who that's going to be, but he is the real deal. And he's going to solidify this, uh, this second pairing here for a long time. And uh, it was a ton of fun. I encourage everybody to get down to – the Ralph to watch a hockey game might have been the best experience I've ever had watching a hockey game. Uh, mm. I can't believe the facilities there. And I got to say, as I wrap this up, I did a five, I had to drive five hours from Minneapolis to North Dakota and then back. And the two of you kept me company both ways on the way there. I downloaded oh, the episode with Kyle Bukoskis and I'm, I am now <laughs> going to buy a cast iron skillet. Based on nice. based on that uh, <laughs> that and on the way back to the airport, I downloaded the Pierre LeBron episode. Uh, heard Wally taking a shot at me about the Dallas Cowboys. Note: I'm not wearing the Cowboys hat today, based on what happened yesterday. But I got to thank you guys for keeping me entertained because there is literally nothing in between Minneapolis, St. Paul, 
and Grand Forks, <laughs> North Dakota. So I appreciate you guys yeah. uh, keeping me entertained for an hour each way. Good. Hey, all right. I appreciate it. I, I would love to chat with you more. Uh, and I know you got to go. So yeah, I, I, I would feel love bad to your chat with you more, says the guy who kept pickup. me for 40, 48 minutes. <laughs> ah, I wish I had more time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got Matt. I couldn't get Matt to stop talking. That's what happened. Yeah. But listen, the guys, this was a ton of fun. As yeah. always. Thanks, right, well, Ian. Thanks for well, coming on, brother. We'll have. Yeah. I don't know that we've, by the way, asked you your favorite snack. So I'm not going to ask you yet. We're going to keep it a secret because I don't think we've ever asked. Did we? No. He's itching to leave, Wally. He's literally <laughs> leaning towards the door. Let him go. <laughs> okay, fine. All right, see you, Mendez. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Okay. We'll see you guys. There goes Ian Mendez from The Athletic. Uh, you can read his latest article on Jake Sanderson <laughs> and Tyler Clevin and his trip to North Dakota. Plus, he says he's got more coming up later, uh, more human interest stories on those guys. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, yes, mm. Jake Sanderson is a talent. But, Matt, can we yeah. – I, I just feel like we keep saying that he's just going to step into the NHL and be an all-star. And I, there's such a difference between the NCAA game and playing professional hockey in the National Hockey League. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm with you on that, Wally. And I, I think part of this is that the team is so thin right now on the back end that every, people are just yes. like itching to have the reinforcements get up here and, and grow quick and get into that lineup. He might he might insert himself into the lineup and have a bit of a Shane Pinto effect like he had last year where, you know, yep. you're running on adrenaline and you get that instant like infusion where things are just going for you as a young guy. That happened to me my first time getting called up where I, I finished – the last 20 games of the season with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I played pretty, pretty darn good hockey. And then I followed it up the next year. And I, I just, I couldn't figure it out in camp, right? Like I got sent down immediately and ended up in the American League. Now, Jake Sanderson is a far better defenseman uh, all around, I'm assuming, than I was. So I'm sure he's got a much better opportunity here. But um, again, I think as a fan base, we have to be careful with this because he's not going to come in here and just, you know, turn it on and be that guy to save the team. Yeah. I think if we manage our expectations level, our expectation level properly with him, we won't be disappointed. And you heard Ian, and I'm sure everybody else has been talking about it, Wally. He's obviously an exceptional defenseman. And I think yep. the team, it's the team's responsibility to be very careful with this because you don't want to bury him, bury his confidence by throwing him into the fire right away where you know, it'll affect him for a long period of time. So I think, you know, if he comes in and he's ready and he's caught, it sounds like he's very confident, eh? Like when you, when you hear these quotes coming from Jake Sanderson that he's looking forward to joining the group at the end of the year, like that tells me that he wants to be here and he's not shy and that he's very confident. So those are good signs. But again, I haven't seen him play. Like I, I don't know what he can bring to the table other than all the clips and highlights I've seen online. So we'll see. Uh, quickly, how do you see this week shaping up now that there's so much going on surrounding this team? Like they play oh, at boy. Boston, home to the Kings, home to the Penguins on Saturday. This is a yeah. like it's a tough week. It's a tough month, no question. How do you yeah. see this playing out? Well, we and you can like you can look at all these teams, Wally. You know, we talk about Boston, LA. Like we're looking at their schedule for their for, in the foreseeable future, and you try to find the games that are winnable and. With a group like Ottawa right now, it, it, they're pretty hard to predict. I think every game is going to be a challenge for this group, right? Like this yeah. this group can't have an off night and get away with a win. You know, like the, the elite teams at the NHL level can rely on the odd couple players and some goaltending and they'll steal a whole bunch of wins here and there uh, only because they have so much depth. Ottawa can't get away with that. So for them right now, I think, I think if I'm looking from a – from a scouting point of view, if you will, and I'm watching these games, what I would like to see them do is just clean up their own end. And when I say that, I don't expect all-star type defensive plays. I just mean when you have the puck in the corner, get a clean out, try to make a clean pass. Use a lot more of those 10-foot passes instead of the home run plays. I see a lot of that in Zub and Shabbat when they're playing together. I know I've been talking a ton about defense, it's almost like, you know, that's all I seem to want to talk about. But I think it, it's it's so yeah. important right now with the way they've been struggling. When I'm watching Shabbat and Zub in the neutral zone on transition plays and, and even in their own zone, they're not looking for home run plays. If, if you pay attention to Zub, when he picks the puck up on a neutral zone transition, he hits the low guys that are coming in that are maybe 10 feet away from him. He makes those simple plays. 
and, and, and it looks easy. It's a lot more difficult than it looks. But I think if the group can kind of grab a little bit of that and, and apply it, I think we're going to see a much different game moving forward. But I just, we go back to the, the, the big point here, Wally, and it's a, I think it's a personnel issue. I really do. I think right now, you know, you can try to scramble these bottom pairs and mix and match, if we, as we've seen, A, eh, with the revolving door of Demon coming in and out of the yeah. lineup. There's no stability. And so that's really hard to get any traction out of those guys when they know that if they have a couple mess-ups here and there on the ice, that they're potentially going to be out of the lineup for the next game. That is very difficult to play through. So I, I wish I had a crystal ball and I could tell you exactly what they needed to do and, and where they're going to get their success. You know, there's some winnable games coming up. To me, there's nothing guaranteed with this group at this point. I just want to see some consistent play, win or lose, out of all of them. Uh, Tim Stutzla uh, continues to... Yeah. I don't know if the term is... Is it struggle? Because we look and see that he doesn't have a goal or is there... Uh, is he playing well enough to play more minutes? Where do you see his game at right now? Oh, that's a tough one, eh? Because yeah. when you're watching him play... He's getting chances. It's not like he's yeah. it's not like he's playing bad hockey or that, you know, he's been uh, just not really in the mix or all over the puck. Like he's getting himself opportunities right. and he's playing with tyranny right now. And that's not a slight of tyranny, but Tim Stitzel's at least a second, he's a top six forward. He's at least a second line forward. I'd like to see them move up. I'd like to see him move up into that second line. I don't know how you fit him in if you move him at center or where you put him. But I, I, playing with, with Tierney and Ennis isn't going to do him any favors right now. He's got so much skill. And and I, I feel like if you put him with those right players, it'll elevate his game so much more. But it's like, and this goes back to, you know, like what we were talking about earlier. It's, so, it's, it's a lot easier said than done. You know, I can talk about the best case scenario and where I see him fitting in the lineup and yeah, bump him up somewhere. But there's a lot of variables that are involved there. So if we're looking at just the individual and forget about who he potentially should be playing with, I don't know that there's a lot of changes that need to be made there. I think I'd like to see him be a little harder on the puck in the D zone. I, I've noticed that when he gets his offensive opportunities, he does some really cool stuff with the puck, right? Like he's very creative. He's got unbelievable speed. I never realized how great of a skater he was until I was in the building and watching him live. Man, he can wheel. So the speed is there. The puck handling ability is there. He's got a really good shot. I think that we're just we're seeing him force plays every now and then, and I think that's because he's probably starting to get a little frustrated. I don't want to see him frustrated too much, you know, not moving forward at least. I'd like to get that out of his game where maybe you bump him up onto that top line somewhere or maybe on the second line, but I don't know where he slots in and who you'd have to interchange with him because I know not a lot of people are comfortable with him moving to the center only because he's so young, but I, I, I mean... Yeah. It's not an easy decision. I know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out because, one way or another, he's gonna—I mean, he's gonna score at some point. You just got to see if that's enough to continue that momentum, right? He, yeah. he just feels like he just needs one to start, and then all the yeah, everything will come. But if you look back at his end of last season, like he went down the stretch like twenty some games without a goal, right? Like, is there a? I'm not a concern, but what is it about his game perhaps that's struggling right now? Is it just trying to figure out his way? Yeah, well, and, and and that just goes back to my original point that I made earlier, Wally. You just you need to play him with players that can, that are skilled yeah. and are also creative and can finish. Um, you yeah. know, like yeah. if you see him, like like imagine what he'd look like with and and obviously you're not going to move Brady around, but imagine what he would look like potentially with Norris and Batherson. Now I know that's not saying very much because you could pretty well put anybody on that top line and he would probably get the odd point. Yeah. But but a player like Stutzla, who has that ability to create a lot of really good plays just because of his skill set and his skating ability, I mean, I feel like you're not utilizing him properly enough on that third line. I feel like it's almost a demotion. But that's not a slight at the coaching staff because like them, I don't know what other options you have at this point. I mean, I think as a young player... You have to give him the opportunities, but he also has to produce. It's, it's also as your job as an athlete to put the numbers up, uh, and, and he's not doing that right now. I will leave it at this, and I know I'm repeating myself. He's getting opportunities. Now, if he wasn't getting any looks at all, we'd have a serious problem here, but I don't think we're at that sure. point yet where, like, as opposed to, like, a, comparable to, like, a Montreal where they had to send Cole Caulfield down because it really doesn't wasn't working for him. I don't know that we're there yet with, with Tim Stutzla. He's still a... He's very much an NHL player. 
You just got to put some good players around them. Okay, here's a and I'll make this quick. Um, would if the team goes off the rails and is now sitting at you know five and twenty one and four or something ridiculous? Do you send him yeah. down just to get him out of the misery that's in Ottawa? Would that I be an option? I, that's a tough question because I'm. I used yeah. to be a big believer in that, Wally. Like I used to be all about that because I've ex like that's what I went through. That's what allowed me to get better. You know, like like coming up to the NHL, I needed those three years up and down playing in the American League to figure it out, right? Like, and so God knows I'm all about that. But in his case, and mixed in with today's NHL, with how young it is now and how skating driven it is and skill based, I don't know that it'll benefit him that much because the AHL. Is such it's such a chaotic league. It's not now. Right. I think it's geared more for forwards that are skilled because you don't really rely on the chaos or excuse me on the structure. Whereas a defenseman like me, if I were to play at the American League level, I'd be lost because it, and I experienced it when I was sent down for that one game when I was hurt with Ottawa, where I went down to Binghamton, and I was like minus three that game. I know we've talked about it on the show already, but it didn't do me any favors, and that's the point I'm trying to make. Whereas a player like Tim Stutzla. I don't know that it'll benefit him a whole lot, but I mean, I'm also not an NHL executive, so maybe they're seeing something I'm not, but I, I just don't know that that'll help him out. Well, many people would like you to be. Uh, speaking of all your moonlighting, <laughs> you will be back on TSN on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. as the LA Kings come to town, right? You liking it? Is it good? Yeah, it's fun. It's it's different. You know, like when I was doing the analyst work in, in uh, Toronto, covering the world championships back in May, it was really challenging because I had to watch two games at the same time and then cover them in intervals and intermissions, mm. right? So I'd have to watch two games compromised of, you know, four teams, players I don't don't even know how to pronounce their last names, let alone know who they are. So this is a lot easier for me. The only challenge now is the, the hearing uh, at those games, Wally. It's you different, know, the, right? The, pe the people at the studio, like James and Cheryl last game, for example, like they're at the studio, it's quiet, they can hear perfectly in their earpieces. I had, they had some DJ playing in the first intermission who was screaming and I'm like, I couldn't hear James, yes. I couldn't hear his question. So I had to kind of, kind of play with it a little and improvise a little bit, but I like the challenge. It gets the blood flowing, Wally, as you know, you've done it and. Um, yep. you know, so, what I'm doing is obviously different from what you did, but I'm sure you could give me some advice here. Well, one of the things is that I've got permanent ear damage because when it gets yeah. that loud, you've got to crank up the IFP crank it's it up. Called, so you can hear people talking, right? The other issue yeah. is trying to complete a thought when you have a producer or somebody in your ear going, okay, video in. Yep. All right, watching yep. the video. Okay, it's coming back on yep. camera. Watch camera. Too. Wrap like, up. They're talking Wrap to up, you Beth. all the time. And you're trying, to, you're trying to actually just think of a thought and complete a sentence. That's where yeah. the real challenge is. So I've become, yeah. I, I am a king. I can block out anything surrounding me. So I'll be at the dinner table. And I used to, when I got the newspaper, I would, they could have conversations, my whole family. I wouldn't have a clue yeah. what they said. They'd be like, is that right, friend? I'm like, yes, yes, no idea. So you'll get really good at being able to block out everything else except what you're being told in your ear. And so it is a skill. Yeah. Like It is a tough skill to master. And I think well, you've done a phenomenal job at it. Oh, thank you, Wally. Very classy. I appreciate that. I think another thing I was just going to add quickly, because the earpieces that I was getting were obviously not mine when I went there. So you can imagine how probably worn down they are or old and not really high quality. So today I went to an audio shop. Uh, Claire, that was working the game as well, one of the other hosts, gave me like a list of what I needed. So the earpiece and the adapter. So I went this morning, yeah. I got it. Now I've got a dual. It's going to block out all the sound and I'm hoping I'll feel better. My, my biggest challenge is uh, the opener. So like while the fans are going nuts and they're announcing the starting lineup, I can still barely hear anything in the first intermission, mm -hmm. but everything else has been okay. So hopefully Thursday, I'll clean it up a little bit. Perfect. All right. Well, good job. Cause yeah. I think you've done really well. Uh, before we go Thanks, uh, quickly, uh, trivia winner, uh, we gave away four free passes of two hours into our uh, golf simulator. Um, plus comes with club rentals at Mulligan's oh, nice. uh, downtown in Ottawa. Phenomenal oh. gift. Uh, so there's the Mulligan's Golf Bar. It is on Queen Street. And uh, we asked the question of 
you know, who did Claude Giroux replace as captain of Philly? That course is Chris Pronger, who was captain in 2013. So congrats yeah. to Danny White at Yoden 2004. Uh, you, I'll get in contact with you soon. We'll ship those out to you. You can enjoy and Mulligan's Golf Hour. Uh, congratulations. Yeah. So well, that'll wrap up I've, I've our been show. There. Yeah. Hey, I was just going to add quickly, it's a really good spot. I've been there. They have like a bar set up, lots of uh, different yeah. options, good food. So that's a huge prize. Congratulations. Yeah, I heard the food is really good. So we'll stop by too yeah. at some point and I'll show you how to play golf. Oh, by the way, I would like my suit back <laughs> that you borrowed in the last show. I think you've stretched it, but it does. You know, I, I don't know why you're borrowing my suits. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple of comments on that. People were chirping me saying, hey, you're wearing Wally's suit. <laughs> Yeah, it's so good. Anyway, oh, good. Uh, all right, we'll see yeah. you on Thursday uh, with a guest that we're not sure yet how that's going to play out. So uh, we'll keep in touch. Anyway, uh, Matt, thanks for uh, today. And thanks to Ian Mendes for stopping by from The Athletic. We will see you next time. That's the Wally Mathon Show. Take care, everybody.